Welcome to Avid Watchers. I'm Mary-Kate Cheetah. I'm Adam Nix. And today we're going to be discussing two films, Alien and Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, so I mean, this is a kind of something uh, where me and MK both look at the movies each of us hasn't seen uh, and says, why the heck haven't you seen this? <laughs> <laughs> and so we both get to watch something, especially with this one, like really classic movies that I think both of us probably should have seen at some point in the past. So it's good that we got yeah. a chance to watch them. Um, I had originally seen Alien a bunch, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but hadn't seen Pride and Prejudice. It was the other way around for MK. Yes, I had never seen Alien, and you were furious at me about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you and Pride and Prejudice is actually one of my favorite books and films, so it was. Uh, it's very close to my heart. So we'll see <laughs> <laughs> how you hey. felt about it. So um, just to kind of give some details on the films uh, that we're covering. Alien was released in 1979, and it's directed by Ridley Scott, and it stars Sigourney Weaver and Tom Skerritt. Never heard of him, but um, <laughs> um, and then Pride and Prejudice was released in 2005. It's directed by Joe Wright, who's actually one of my favorite directors. I'll be interested to talk to you about that. Um, and then it stars Kara Knightley and Matthew McFadden. So those are, I know there are several versions of Pride and Prejudice, but that's the version that we're covering. Just to be clear for all the Austin heads out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are going to start with Alien, which was Adam's pick. So Adam, do you want to talk a little bit about why you wanted me to watch this film? Um, yeah, so Alien is probably up there as one of my favorite movies. Um, this kind of movie just, I just like, I love every single second of it. Um, and I think we, me and you talk about horror a lot and we like horror movies. And I think Alien is a masterpiece of horror. It's Mm -hmm. understands ambiance and like sound and suspense. Uh, and I just like love it so much. So when I knew, that you hadn't watched it and you love horror. Uh, that was one of the main reasons I wanted you to watch it. Um, but I was also excited to hear about uh, what you thought of Sigourney Weaver um, in it as well. I think even outside of just being a like a horror movie, like a fantastic horror movie, I think Sigourney Weaver is just amazing in it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's just so much to love about the movie. So I think I, <laughs> that's really the main yeah. reason I wanted you to watch it. Um, uh-huh. What'd you think about it? I thought... It was super, a super good horror movie and very exciting. And like, (laughs) I was sitting next to, I watched it with two of my roommates and one of them, I was like holding her hand during certain scenes. I was like, just hold my hand really quick. I just need some support. Um, So that was like very exciting. I think also, I don't know. I feel like for 1979, it was probably pretty amazing that they're, protagonist for this type of film was a was a female and I thought that aside from one scene which I'm sure we'll discuss um it was very like empowering to see because she was so smart and capable and good at her job and um was a like a an authority figure and like handled that well 
So I thought that she was a really cool character. Um, I'm blanking on what her character name. Ripley. Ripley is a cool character. Yeah. <laughs> You're like the cool name too. No, it's... it is a cool name. <laughs> um, and I I'll be interested to know some like if you have any like behind the scenes stuff because I don't. Like, uh, it, like how her character was chosen as the main one. Right. So the kind of big thing people talk about a lot with this movie is like, yeah, it's a female lead in the uh, late 70s. Um, and I think her character was actually uh, written gender neutral. Um, oh, okay. And like Sigourney Weaver, I think, was picked because like she just embodied that character so well. Okay. Um, and I mean, so that's, that's kind of radical, ahead. I feel like. I don't know. That isn't what I would expect from 1979. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive. I'm kind of curious uh, what other movies like uh, kind of took a similar approach um, in terms of other like movies in that area, like with really like strong female leads. The other one is the Terminator series. I was going to say that. Yeah. (laughs) And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times those two um, get talked about uh, equal equally in being like, yeah, like, especially for the 70s and 80s, like, these are freaking amazing movies, and it doesn't have to be some, like, um, dude just running around, like, killing people, like, Sigourney Weaver takes no shit from anybody in this movie, um, mm-hmm. and, like, it's it works so well, um, so I think that was kind of, like, um, pretty solid for the time, um, some other behind the scenes, I mean, outside of that is, like, there's a lot of stuff that you can go into on the, the actual like costume design and set design. Um, mm-hmm. Like the reason this movie still hold, holds up so well, I think is because that uh, costume design is so amazing. Um, the yeah. xenomorph for the alien um, is just like, it looks so real and crisp, even though it's like, and it's just like a, it's a puppet, you know, like a really well done puppet. Um and I think CG. You know, there's a man in that suit, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not like someone like with a stick underneath, like moving. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, like a costume. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of really interesting stuff, and um, <laughs> just on the actual like creation of those uh, costumes and the set and all of that. Um, yeah. Do you have? Yeah, that was really amazing. Do you have any? Uh, I guess big scenes or moments in the movie that like really stood out to you or I think that I'll run through my notes a little bit yeah go for it because that'll be the best marker of things that stood out to me so first of all um I like that movies no longer have like super long title sequences where just like nothing is going on in the background (laughs) And, as, and then even after that, like, really long title sequence, which I think is common for, um, for like, older movies, that they have, like, really long, boring title sequences. And it's, like, now, like, we don't – our attention span does not allow for that anymore, <laughs> I feel like. Um, and then it was, like, a very slow – I thought it was a very slow start. Um, but I did think it was a really good length movie. Like, it wasn't too long, um, which I liked. Which I, I guess with horror movies, I feel like horror movies can – be better about nailing a timeline kind of thing because they're very like structured I don't know but um so Lambert is the other female um astronaut (laughs) I know know she's like their navigator 
that's like her job. Right, but yeah. um, so she and Dallas and Kane go out to like investigate this like signal that they're getting from this planet. And Lambert's like, um, we should get out of here. Like, I don't feel good about this, blah, blah, blah. And just like, no one listens to her. <laughs> and I'm like, listen to the woman. She's saying the right thing. She's smart. She has instincts. Um, I wrote woman's intuition on here, but um, like they just, she just completely gets ignored. And then that that's just the beginning of women being ignored for this <laughs> the next time. So then... So there's this guy, Ash, and he's like the science. Hold on, I have notes. Yeah, he's like the scientist on the. On he's the, the science officer. Mm-hmm. And basically, when Dallas and like those other three leave the ship, like Ripley's in charge because, like, once they're gone, there has to be someone else, like, you know, who's in charge. So it's her. And so then they come back after Kane's attacked by this alien or whatever it is. Face hugger. <laughs> what? Face hugger, yes. People call them face huggers, Which, yeah. First of all, that was horrifying to see. Um, like that thing on his face just like makes you so squirmy mm-hmm. to like think of like having something attached to your face like that. Um but she's like he's like, let us in, we need to help him. And she's like, No, like the protocol is that if I let you in, like I can't let you in because you need to be quarantined because you could ha- you could be carrying like diseases or like whatever like it's dangerous for me to let you in it's dangerous for all of us on board and so she says no and then ash disobeys her and lets him in anyways and it's like again like she was right <laughs> like, mm-hmm. shouldn't have let them in and like they were ignored again and i love when she's like yelling at ash about it And, like, saying that, like, he disobeyed her order. And I wrote, Ripley is in charge, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Because Ash is not listening to her. Well, it's an interesting combination of elements, making him a tough little son of a bitch. And you let him in. I was obeying a direct order, remember? Ash, when Dallas and Kane are off the ship, I'm senior officer. Oh, yes, I forgot you also forgot the science division's basic quarantine law. No, that I didn't forget. Oh, I see. You just broke it. I do take my responsibilities as seriously as you, you know. You do your job. And let me do mine. Yes? So, one of the big scenes, I think, in the film is when Ash... Oh, sorry, no. Uh, Kane wakes up after the thing has detached itself from his face and he and all of the people on the ship are eating and all of a sudden he like starts choking and he like lays back on the table and like it looks like he's like choking or something weird is happening and then all of a sudden this thing bursts out of his chest (laughs) and it's terrifying like after it happened I was like I feel traumatized and apparently Rainey told me that one of my roommates told me that the the actors didn't know that anything was going to like come out of his chest. I did not know that. Wow. And so like the reactions you're seeing are like genuine because they like didn't know that that was going to happen. That's what she said. Hey, it's I mean, <laughs> I believe it. That scene <laughs> I've seen that scene so many times and 
every single time I watch it, I like squirm in my seat. Like it is just so painful to watch. And it never <laughs> gets old. Like I've seen it so many times and it's it never gets old. I'm like, it's oh my so god, this scary. is awful. <laughs> yeah. And the little thing just like squirms away. And that's what that's what I was like, whoo, I really needed that laugh. Like <laughs> when the little alien's like and it just like runs away. And I'm like, okay, cool, it's the 70s. It's fine. No, it wasn't real. <laughs> just needed that little laugh part of it. Um, because the thing bursting out was so scary. Right. Um but that scene was like, I thought, really like the perfect catalyst. I mean, obviously other things had happened up to that point but that was like really when shit went down <laughs> and i think it's kind of wild to think that that is i think almost halfway through the movie you know like that's is how much, yeah yeah it was kind wow. of like marking that and it's the how they like pace this movie is pretty wild because you aren't really even fully introduced to ripley's character even till like a half hour and like the first time she really is like has a big role is when she yeah. said don't let these people back into the spaceship right it's yeah, like before that, it she's almost, just one of a group of people yeah it almost kind of makes i would say from this I, I knew that ripley was the main character but if i didn't know that i would assume that the captain dallas was the main character up until that point because they were really focusing on him a lot and like right. he was like the leader of the group and stuff so you're just like you know normally in a 70s movie like the, the white guy in charge is the main character so it's just kind of like automatically you just kind of assume it's him yeah yeah and like the main like the captain of that ship who does feel like an important character when he dies it's just like it's so sudden and then you're like and everybody just moves on when dallas huh? dies when dallas dies yeah yeah you're like, um you're... also they didn't show his death i mean a lot of the so i was like really... positive that he wasn't dead for a while I was right. like, he made it. <laughs> no. <laughs> People just got like, just like killed so fast. It was just like, mm -hmm. boop, gone. Boop, yeah. gone. Like, and I think I'm used to like more prolonged, like kind of taking everyone out slowly. And it was just like, nope, dead, dead. <laughs> Right. Like well, the like... two, there's three people left and the two people, <laughs> other people just like gone in a second. And she's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Um, what else we got in your notes? It's kind of, I think this is kind of working, walking through it this way. <laughs> I like just hearing your reaction to each of these. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what I wrote, when the next thing I wrote is never go anywhere alone. Horror movie rule number one. <laughs> mm -hmm. Cause like anyone who like wanders off alone is like going to get killed for sure. I don't even know who I was referring to there, but I do know that when they, there's three of them left and like Ripley goes off alone. She actually is the one who doesn't get killed, which is weird. But, like, there was, like, great horror movie moments, like, when um, Brett, the right. engineering tech, he, like, goes off to find Jones, uh, the cat, Jonesy. And he's like, here, kitty, kitty. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, he's gonna die. <laughs> here, kitty. Here, kitty, kitty. And... Like the cat, I love just like he gets eaten and the cat just, it just like goes to the cat watching him die. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that poor cat, what's going on in a cat's mind? That cat, I can tell you by owning a cat, does not give a fuck about that guy dying. <laughs> just living his life, okay? <laughs> that cat is casually watching him get murdered by an alien and then he walks away. <laughs> doesn't phase him. Nope. Doesn't phase him at all. <laughs> My mind went to like maybe the cat cared a little, but like only for itself. Like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, I gotta watch my back. 
<laughs> like, all right, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God it wasn't me. Um, so one of the other like like big revealing scenes is when um Ripley goes into like the mother den thing to talk to like the ship they call like mother, right? Yep. And it's like the motherboard, I guess, is that yeah, it's kind of like, think of it like Siri. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so she goes like to talk to Siri. Gene. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's like, yo, Siri, like, what do we do? Like, <laughs> there's this alien on board and we have to get home, but we also have to, like, kill this alien. Like, what do we do? And and basically Siri's like, that's what I'm going to call it now, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it works for me. <laughs> basically, Siri's like, um, girl, what's most important is bringing that alien back to earth so that we can study it right, right. Mm-hmm. and we and, don't care about your life and even and more so like, fuck you was that what the mother uh, kind of says in that when she actually has full access is that they were routed there on purpose um because they already knew there was an alien life form on that planet so this was all oh, planned shit. before they even started like uh like okay, that part I it. either missed or didn't understand. So, whoa. whoa, whoa, right. whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and like uh, they have a conversation, uh, uh, Dallas and Ripley, Dallas, the, the captain. And he said yeah. that uh, um, Ash, the scientist, uh, was put on the ship like two days before travel actually right. commenced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically she finds out that mother slash Siri don't give a fuck about her life or keeping them alive. So she's like, fuck you. And we'll, we'll get that later. But right. um, so then she's like, I have to go tell like the people that are left, like that this is like what's going on. Like they need to know. And Ash like tries to stop her. And you kind of figure out that Ash is like evil. And he starts like beating her up and throwing her around. And it's like a scary horror movie moment. It's like one of my favorite horror movie like tropes is when like, someone that was like part of your team that you thought you trusted is like actually bad. And it's like, Oh my God, we can't trust them actually. Um, and so that part was crazy. Um, and basically they find out that Ash is an Android and that part is crazy too. And like, I thought like for 1979, like they did pretty well with that. I mean, obviously you know, it wasn't perfect or anything, but like I thought it was like pretty impressive how he like hit him over the head and then his head like came off and like that looked right. pretty and, like, real. The, the liquid spewing out Dude, I hate that. That, like, like a I milky that looking like substance. I hate it. Yeah. Why? Why does he need liquid in him? I don't get it. Um and then like it was just funny because like when he was like they like put his head on the counter and they were like trying to talk to him. And I, in my mind, was like picturing that actor, like his whole body's under the table. <laughs> he just had to like <laughs> stick his head through a hole yeah. and just like sit there. <laughs> just thinking about behind the scenes. But um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. That was a really like out of nowhere twist. Like I never would have ever predicted that he was an he was a droid or whatever. Like, an alien i just right. never would have or no <laughs> <Not an alien. laughs> a robot i never would have ever well, like thought that that's where the movie was headed and what's so amazing about it uh is that like and, and maybe uh they were mentioned it before but it's not like androids and robots like were a part of this you know like it, it was never right. like an option right. 
that like the audio like people knew like oh yeah there's obviously like these humanoid androids uh so i better look out for that no it's just like oh okay like this is this world and we we just realized it in this huge reveal Um, (laughs) and it really is like you know this alien franchise is still going on it's been going forever um yeah and the emphasis on those on androids and stuff just increases like for better in the next movie aliens um for worse in some in my opinion for worse in some of the newer kind of renditions of the alien franchise um okay but it's like it becomes just as pivotal like of a a plot point as the actual alien you know even in the first movie right (laughs) right that's so interesting um so some of my my next notes are just i'm just gonna read them out okay (laughs) (laughs) mother is such a heartless bitch (laughs) mother i've turned the cooling unit back on mother the ship will automatically destruct in t minus five minutes at least the cat survived <laughs> those are two honestly major the two biggest takeaways <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i was honestly shocked the cat survived um but very happy um also i just can't imagine being allowed to bring a cat on a spaceship but I don't, we don't need to get into the realisticness of that. (laughs) Um, So I thought that Ripley was a a strong, capable, intelligent female character. Um, And there was literally just like one scene that I had an issue with. And it was when she like strips down to like underwear and like a shirt and she's like not wearing a bra and there's just like unnecessary shots of her when she's in her underwear and it was like weird it was like right when that scene started I felt like I was in a male fantasy like it was like oh okay so this is like what a man thinks it is happen in this situation or something it is like a uh, and I, I I could I know there's like some really good writing on that scene because like people are like this is so out of nowhere compared to the rest yeah, of the movie. Like this it is, really like, is it feels like they just dropped that in there and like everything else is like Ripley is this great character and then all of a sudden it's like I guess we'll just have this weird like yeah, multiple shots of her just like stripping down. Like, <laughs> like, or not stripping, but like stripping down and they're like, What yeah. is, like, uh, what's I'm happening like, here? It's Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's super weird and not necessary and really male gazy. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you're not alone um, in, in that. I think a lot of people yeah. are like, why was this in here in such a, an otherwise like like a movie, fantastic movie that really didn't need that scene? <laughs> yeah, I was like trying to think about like what, what they're, if they were like trying to explain it logically, like why she needed to take her clothes off. It was like, oh, so she could get into the space suit. But it's like she could have gotten into the space suit with her clothes on still. Like it's not like she wouldn't have been able to fit into it if she had clothes on. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I think it's like, I think it's bad. I'm like, for, so that for wasn't like, really uh, a it's, it's giving everybody a chance to like breathe for a second before you find out the aliens still on the shit on that like shuttle, you know? Yeah. Um, just breathe for a second. Take in the view. 
Yeah, it's like it just didn't need to be like that, you know? It's like you can yeah. have that like a uh, moment of respite without it being. Yeah. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very unnecessary, I thought. Um, and it's so interesting now that like we're talking about like the male gaze and like um like on every time I'm watching something and I see a scene where they're panning over a woman's body. Right. Usually I'm like, oh, there is no reason that that needs to happen. Like yeah. there, there's no narrative reason that that needs to happen. So that's clearly the male gaze. Cause why else would we just be like panning up and down this woman's naked body? Like we don't need to, mm-hmm. um, to like get the scene and like what, you know, whatever. So that was disappointing, but I thought overall she was such a cool character and that was really obviously just like something they wouldn't have thought was a problem, especially in the seventies. But um, the other thing I wanted to say was I was really confused why the alien was just like sitting there for a while. Right. I was like, why is the alien just Jay chilling in the shuttle taking a nap, buddy? <laughs> like he's just like laying there and I'm like, Wasn't why is there a reason? I can't remember. I don't know. I'm forgetting what it was, but yeah, it was he, like an injured or something injured or like something with like, yeah, I don't like it was like huddled away. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I didn't get why he was laying there, but it, all, I, like, it was like, he's like blended into it's like, I don't know. It's right. creepy, but you're kind of like, Oh, it's just sitting there. <laughs> it's hanging out. <laughs> it's just hanging out. Um, so that, I think that's everything I have. And I do want to move on. If you don't have anything else, if you have, do you have, I would uh, like to say, I guess, that I'm glad that I watched it, and I thought that it was important cinema to see, and it was really enjoyable and really fun. And, and like, in terms of horror movies, like, are we, like, I, I say this yeah. is, like, the best horror movie I've ever seen. Like, do you... Wow. Like, I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a really good horror movie, and actually, I was talking to my roommates about it, and they were like, is it a horror movie? And I was like, yeah, it definitely is. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, it's not maybe necessarily what you think of right away as, like, a traditional horror movie. Um, like topic, like aliens on a spaceship, you know, like that's not like what you normally think of as a horror movie, but it definitely had that format and it for- it executed that format really well. Yeah. And I, I very much enjoyed it. Yeah. It's, uh, that's kind of where I'm at too. And it's kind of fun to hear like your thoughts and some of the bigger scenes there. Um, I think we're kind of on the same page with like some of the best stuff there. Like I think still the best scene is the chest, like explosion mm-hmm. like it's so freaking insane and like over and over again it just freaks you out um mm-hmm. you should watch aliens at some point too i like alien the is most it worth it? um what's what's so impressive about aliens directed by james cameron is they take alien which is a an amazing horror movie and then uh say we're not going to do horror this time this is going to be a full-blown action movie um mm-hmm. there's like horror elements to it but it's an action movie you've got a bunch of aliens people running in with like guns like i don't know it's uh <laughs> it's one of the best action movies out there so it's like they okay make, like, one of the best horror movies genre, and then, like, aliens is one of the best action and it's like i love alien and you know i don't love action so you really don't tell me but go on <laughs> I, don't, I love alien because i love horror a lot more than action right yeah. but like yeah if you appreciated like alien and want to see more of ripley um which i think mm-hmm. is enough of a reason to watch all of the <laughs> alien movies even though yeah three and four are kind of rough um <laughs> it's still worth it for Sig- Sigourney Weaver yeah <laughs> besides Toy Story for Sigourney Weaver playing uh Ripley um fourth one actually uh uh 
uh, Winona Ryder is the main character. If I remember right. Really? It's been so long since I've seen the fourth. The third wow. one is. They, they go there in, was in like funny a directions. One that with came the... out recently, right? Yeah, well, they. But that um, one wasn't good, right? So um, Ridley Scott kind of hopped back on and made Prometheus uh, in the yeah. mid 2000s. And it was basically uh, like an origin story mm-hmm. to Alien that you, it, it felt like. You weren't even sure if it was connected, and then it's like, oh, it is connected at the end. Um, oh, then they okay. made um, the newer Alien movies just in the last few years that follow Michael Fassbender's character more than yeah. anybody else. And I'm not a huge fan of them. Uh, as a continuation of Alien, they feel like completely separate movies. Okay. Um, I think there's like it's worth seeing them, but it's like uh, I just wish it was its own thing instead of like kind of tacking on the Alien vibe because it's sure going for something totally different okay awesome we're gonna take a break and when we come back we'll discuss pride and prejudice all right and we're back and we're going to discuss the 2005 film pride and prejudice directed by joe wright so the reason that i wanted adam to watch this um i kind of touched on that it's my one of my favorite books and one of my favorite films and I have a long history with it because my oldest sister really loved it growing up so I watched this movie um like a very long time ago because it came out in 2005 so I've I've probably seen it several several times since then um (laughs) but I love Jane Austen you know stories in general and I love her writing and I love when they pull directly from her book in the film and stuff like that. But I want to hear what you think about it. <laughs> so right. go ahead. Um, and I think I just want to uh, touch on this quick that I love that the two movies we chose, like at least for me, Aliens, probably one of my most like rewatched movies. And it sounds mm-hmm. like Pride and Prejudice is something that you revisit, revisit a lot. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Um, yeah, for sure. So yeah, this is the first time I've seen it. Uh, I never read the book. I actually like. I was thinking. I don't think I've read Jane Austen before, which is pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know yeah. how I haven't. Um, I'm kind of interested to actually take the time to read some of her books. I would now. definitely recommend Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. But I honestly like. It's like a secret shame of mine that I haven't read more than Pride and Prejudice by her because she's like one of my favorites. <laughs> so this movie, I really liked it. I like a. Uh, at first, um, I, uh, I'm, I'm not used to period pieces. Like, I think people that are used sure. to them, like, know what they're getting into and, like, can get into the flow of them really quickly. And I felt mm-hmm. for the first half hour of the movie, like, for some reason, I was just like, I can't keep up with, like, the dialogue. Like, uh, sure. like it seems like the these, like, time jumps happen before I even realize. And I think I was just, like, maybe a little <laughs> slow when I was, like, watching it. But then, then I got into the flow of it and I kind of understood, like it's such a specific type of conversation they have in it, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. That, like I didn't, I, I just didn't get it at first. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, <laughs> Oh, like, yeah, I don't know. I felt like super slow yeah. when I was watching it, but then no. like, all of a sudden I was like, Oh, like it's, it's all like a lot of this movie is about like, um, what's what people are missing out on and when they're not yes. communicating. Right. Which. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like it's all about like what people are saying, even when they're not saying it. Yep. And like reading intention, basically because of your pride, 
and your prejudice. <laughs> like reading, nose. like, yeah, like, like reading someone's behavior as something that it's not because of your pride or, your, you know, like just assuming that the worst in someone when you don't really know them and you don't really know what their intentions are. Um, so I should actually say that I've seen one play uh, about Pride and Prejudice <laughs> that's like a technically like a like a, a sequel in what happened to them but I never saw Pride and Prejudice it was still a good what? play um so I did play? I did know a lot of like like I knew um um that Darcy wasn't actually the bad guy in in his relationship yeah. with uh like I mean the, that's not a huge spoiler yeah, Elizabeth Lizzie whatever you prefer right um and it's stuff that obviously for a romance, like I didn't, I didn't, it didn't bother me at all, but I think it was kind of interesting to watch with like kind of knowing where some of the people ended up. Um, but I, I loved the, um, obviously Lizzie, uh, and Kira Knightley's performance. I really like Kira Knightley. Mm-hmm. Um, me too. and, uh, Jane as well. Um, Rosalind Pike. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I thought both of them were just like just as characters themselves were just like so fun to watch and like the like sisterhood between them and um yeah. like the regrets Lizzie has for you know sometimes trying to understand her and just not being able to or the other way around yeah. as well um yeah I, out of all the sisters I think that their sisterly bond was the most interesting for me to um sure. to watch and I think it's what they really focus on the most um but uh I think what you said about the dialogue is really true that you have to really pay attention mm-hmm. because the, so much information can, can be conveyed in like one quick line, right. you know, or like you just like, it's a movie that does require you to pay attention. I would say for sure. Mm-hmm. And I wrote that. I love the flowery, how flowery their language is. And it's interesting because I feel like we just don't talk like this at all anymore. And I don't know if they talked like it in England during that time, but cause it feels like this isn't how people talk. They don't talk this pretty. Like, yep. and, uh, but I, I was, love it. I was also thinking, like, wow, I think this movie would probably be half as long if they didn't bow before it at the end of each sentence. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was fun to watch all that though, too. Like, I think like they really focus in on like the the chivalry and the bowing and like like yeah. uh, waiting or like kind of like panning over like a uh, Mr. Darcy's like amazing mansion and right. Um, like it felt like you were really a part of like that. It, it, I think it was a really well done period piece, you know, like I think yeah, it's something I like, uh, uh, like I couldn't help but compare it to like little women. Um, oh my gosh. I want to talk about that. Go <laughs> uh, I couldn't help to compare it because like, uh, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a period piece as well about a group of sisters. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I think what little women does and why I love that movie so much is that it's a, it does feel modern. Um, like a modern take on a period piece whereas mm-hmm. pride and prejudice feels like um uh like a traditional period piece you know right um, and both like they for both sure. work for what they're doing um mm-hmm. uh but it's like the stuff that like the conversations and the attitudes people had in um pride and prejudice i was like oh this is probably how like these conversations actually went um right. where i think like greta gerwig's kind of take on little women was like uh like thinking of you know 2019 2020 and how it relates to like women right. and um so that was kind of fun to see those comparisons um and i do want to talk about uh um is this it's collins is that the guy's name 
yeah, yeah. Okay, wait. So about Little Women. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Um, so I have been so like entrenched in Little Women because I like just saw that movie recently, and I've like been writing about it on avidityMag.com. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I have it's just been so on my mind. And then I watched this movie, and I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many similarities. Like it's it's about like the second oldest daughter in a family that's like not very rich and her oldest sister is like very shy and like more like you know more I don't know not as out there as the second oldest who's the main who's the protagonist and she has younger sisters who are annoying to her and (laughs) and like at first like on the surface it just seems like oh my god this is so similar and like it made me want to know like how many years apart it was so I looked it up and Pride and Prejudice came out in 1813, and Little Women came out in 1868. So it was like pretty far apart, but like same century. Right. Um, so that was just in- interesting to know. But um, I thought that the huge, like the biggest difference between the two, you know, books of books or movies is that. Um, Jane Austen is, like, I feel, like, so much more, um, like, she likes to, like, make fun of her characters a lot more, and, like, she's much more, like, I don't want to say, like, her outlook isn't as positive, but, like, you know, like, with Little Women, like, every character is, like, redeemable, and, like, the mom is great and strong and, like, a really good person, and just, like, everyone is just, like, a good person, (laughs) Mm-hmm. And then in in like Pride and Prejudice, everyone's just like a horrible like the mom. I'm like, I think that you can feel the love for the characters as well, but like you can also feel her criticizing them as well. Which I like both. Like they're very different, but I like both. But it's like with with like in Pride and Prejudice, like the mom is like kind of selfish and like she's like kind of like uh, you know kind she of gets sucks. drunk a lot. <laughs> yeah, she kind of sucks. And like you you definitely feel that like. I don't know, like, as, like, you feel it's realistic. Like, you feel like Mm -hmm. there are tons of moms out there who are strong and great, but there's also tons of moms who are annoying, and all they care about is who you marry, and they are kind of shallow, or, like, you know, like, there's that out there, too. And I, like, I thought that those extreme characters that Austin writes creates a lot of humor that I think definitely is not really a little woman thing as an it's very different. It's a very different kind of humor, at least. Like, the extremely boring sister Mary is, like, used for comedy. But, like, she's also a human being, and you also feel bad for her at one point. And, like, there's a shallow, dramatic mother and, like, a mean, stuck-up female who's competing for the guy she likes. And, like, giggly boy, crazy young girls. And, like, she has, like, very extreme characters that, like, create a lot of comedy that I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, don't I know, think... What do you uh, think? I... Uh, oh collins <laughs> <laughs> collins yeah um no i think you're i think you're right i uh they both have very specific characters but little women like i i think about the mom and little women she's so like pure and everything yeah. she says and does and maybe that she's I almost haven't... like a perfect mom yeah like... and it's the same like with joe and and these other characters in it like they have very specific personalities that all seem like each of their like struggles and what they believe in, like they, they feel really noble, like through yes, so even, totally. even though they all have their flaws, like they, they do feel noble and you like, yeah, you believe totally. in each character. Whereas yeah. you're totally right with like pride and prejudice. <laughs> you're just like, 
well, this person's kind These of pathetic. Suck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Colin, then I feel so bad for yeah. Collins. But like, yeah. <laughs> um, they just like Jane Austen totally makes fun of like every character in it. Like, yeah, she you does. know, like even the main characters. I from at the beginning, I'm like, this is Darcy. Like, this is the main like <laughs> romance interest of this movie. Like, yeah, I I don't see this going the right way. And obviously, by the end, I was like totally invested and like loved right. both of them. But yeah. uh um they are they're all so goofy <laughs> all the yeah, characters they know? are uh, like I, especially I really like, like i feel like the the dad is character is kind of meant to be like the good parent in a way like when um collins proposes we can talk about i feel like i can't even talk about that until we cover the collins proposal and everything <laughs> but like so basically her cousin who when her dad dies is going to be the person who like owns her house. Um, was that clear to you? Yeah, I got that after okay. a bit. Um. So he like comes in and he's like wants to propose to the oldest sister, Jane. But the mom is like, oh, she's already engaged to someone else. Or like is or about going to be engaged. Be, yeah. yeah. She's about to be engaged to someone else. So then he's like, okay, I guess I'll ask Elizabeth. <laughs> I guess if I have to. So then he like proposes to her and she just like, he's just like this weird, awkward man who like, he's like, I'd like to read to you after dinner for <laughs> two hours. So they're like, oh God. Okay. It's so sad <laughs> how many so people weird. just like these sisters just like laugh at him. Like not even trying to hide it. It's so mean. Like it's after really, the proposal, you know, it's like. Yeah. That part was mean. It was but really like, sad. So, like, he, like, proposes to her, and she's like, nope. <laughs> and he's like, oh, so this is just, like, what women do. They say no, and they mean yes. And she's like, no, I'm saying no. I would not do that to you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the guy is, like, obviously Colin's, like, just, uh, I don't think he even is looking for love or anything in this either. You know, it's like, like yeah. he's like, this is what it is. No, and, like, we no. could have a really good life together just like being married and have a house which is what happens with collins when he ends up marrying a um i'm for I'm lydia is it no lydia's the younger sister oh, um, okay charlotte maybe it's a, it's based like a, I, it's like it a cousin charlotte. or a friend i think it's a friend it's a friend Lizzie, it's right? uh yeah. yeah it's lizzie's best friend um i'm pretty sure her name's charlotte well, um but she like, ends up marrying him and they have a really i love that like they have a very happy life together they obviously weren't or ever were like deeply in love with each other, but they really both appreciated what they got out of living together. Um, right. And like, uh, I thought the scene where it's like, Hey, like Lizzie, like don't look down on me for this option here. Like we're both happy with what we're doing here. Even if it's kind of like, um, weird, I guess. Yeah. It's like, don't judge me. Like this is the best option for me. And and I'm happy with it, even though it's not good enough for you type right. of thing. I thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah, so he basically proposed. She says no, and she runs off. <laughs> and the mom <laughs> runs after her. And there's, it's super funny. And the dad, so the mom goes to the dad and is like, she won't marry him. And, like, go tell her that she has to marry him and blah, blah, blah. And so then he goes out with the mom to talk to her. And he says, like, um one of your parents will never talk to you again if you marry him first. <laughs> one of your parents will never talk to you again if you don't marry him. And one of your parents will never if you do. 
or something like that. Right. Yeah. And so basically he's saying like, I don't want you to marry him. And she's like, thank you father. And like, you kind of have this like soft spot, soft spot for the dad, but like, and like, he's the better parent, but like, even he is not a perfect character. Like later on when, um, Lydia wants to go stay with like her uncle or something, or she wants to go stay in London. I don't remember exactly the situation, but basically she's like, that's not a good idea. Like this is dangerous. Like she's boy crazy. And if she's not being like, if she's not, she's 15. If she's not being watched like closely, like she's going to like, this is bad. This is going to be bad. And her dad's like, whatever. Her dad basically says, I don't want her here. She's annoying. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, I think for however much I really do like Lizzie and her dad's uh, relationship, he is like, a, he is pretty checked out. You know, it's like, oh, so for however out. much like I, like I get uh, you, you kind of despise the mom at times. It's like, yeah, she is literally running everything. This guy's just right. sitting around. So <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, yeah, so, so checked out. And like, to a degree where like that's neglect like <laughs> like obviously I was told in our grown but it's like Lizzie was completely right like she should not have gone there and if he had like been a better parent sorry <laughs> and like known that that was not a, and like accepted that that was not a good idea and like really thought that through like none of this stuff would have happened right like she wouldn't have ran off with Wickham she wouldn't have had to have like a, you know, a marriage, like a quick fix marriage to him. And like, yeah, it was just like, Lizzie was right. Why don't, why don't people listen to women, Adam? I, uh, (laughs) I think one of the darkest, like kind of things coming out of this movie is that whole Wickham scenario of her sister marrying Wickham. And that's, yeah, that's the end of that story. Like, <laughs> Oof, rough. It's like, oh man. Um, and I think like seeing those differences of like where people uh, ended up was pretty interesting and remind- reminded me of Little Women as well. Um, with that, like, you know, each sister um, does land somewhere where in like, right. It's not always the best situation. You know, same with their friend. Right. It's, like, it's the the things that they have to do it that like at that time kind of suck and that Jane Austen is writing this book in like when that stuff is happening is pretty like yeah. um, it's pretty amazing to think about yeah um, it is can we talk about really quickly there's like a ball scene at Bingley at Bingley's house and the camera just like floats around the party mm-hmm. and like doesn't cut and I just like thought that was like one of the coolest scenes that I hadn't really noticed before that it just like kind of floats around and like sees where every person in the family is and like what they're doing and who they're talking to. And right, like, that we're like the, the youngest daughter is crying after the piano. Yes. Recital and like, like yeah. her dad is like telling her to stop playing the piano and she runs off crying. And then you, you know, like cut to like Darcy, like asking uh, like Elizabeth to dance. And then she runs off and talks to Charlotte about it. And like she, and then it like, you know, goes to Jane and Bingley and they're like, he's like trying to hold on to her dress. So she walks or like mm-hmm. grabbing her. And like, there's just like all of these little things happening. And like the two, the two other sisters are like clearly drunk and they're like dancing with soldiers. And like, it's just like floating around all the different, you know, family members and what they're doing. And I just thought that was like a very cool scene, like shot wise that 
it didn't cut and it just kind of acted like you were just like a person walking around the party seeing all that stuff right. happen yeah i think I uh cool. i thought there was some really i mean with just that long shot that was great um but uh there were just so many like beautiful shots of scenery Mm-hmm. that i just really sure. appreciated like i was like oh my gosh like this mansion is amazing or uh yeah I think of when uh um the English after... countryside wow it's pretty mm-hmm. <laughs> after lizzie uh turns down uh mr darcy for that first time um i don't even know oh what gosh. that structure oh would be called oh my like... gosh the rain scene we yeah <laughs> beautiful it was beautiful so the rain scene <laughs> iconic <laughs> um so like that scene is like really obviously like an important scene for those two characters. And like in the book, it's, it's a really important scene because basically Darcy. So they're like in, is it that they're in church when she runs out? I think maybe, I don't remember where they're running from, but basically yeah, they end up meeting under this, like this like stone structure and it's raining outside. And, um, Darcy basically proposes to Elizabeth and is like, I love you, even like despite your inferior birth and like that your family's awful, basically. <laughs> and like he basically says all these things and he's like, I love you despite the fact that like I shouldn't because like you aren't rich and your family's annoying and like against my better judgment, I love you. <laughs> and Elizabeth, like, and seriously, like, that's that's how you're she's gonna like, do wow, this. wow, you love me despite your better judgment. How flattering. <laughs> like <laughs> So this is your opinion of me. Thank you for explaining so fully. Perhaps these offenses might have been overlooked had not your pride been hurt by my honesty and admitting scruples about our relationship. Could you expect me to rejoice in the inferiority of your circumstances? And those are the words of a gentleman. From the first moment I met you, your arrogance and conceit, your selfish disdain for the feelings of others made me realize that you were the last man in the world I could ever be prevailed upon to marry. Forgive me. Madam, for taking up so much of your time. It's just such a great scene because he just like has no idea how that like it. It almost feels like he he's very socially awkward, and like he just like doesn't know that that's like not something someone wants to hear. Like he's just like can be so clueless, and so she's like, she just gets so offended by it, and is like. Like you're the last person on earth that could ever be prevailed upon to marry, mm-hmm. and like that's like a line from the book, and like that's just such a great scene because it's literally the point of the whole story is like misunderstanding each other, and like, and I think that he really did mean what he said, and that he shouldn't have said that, obviously, but like it is like very much like a miscommunication that whole scene. Yeah, and I think uh, especially with uh, Darcy, but Lizzie as well, it's like. Um they 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 know they have to be following these specific rules for who they should be marrying how they should be talking in in front of people but they're both like really bad at it you know so it's like <laughs> they're like half-assing it in a way where it's like someone who can go go into those balls and talk how they're supposed to talk or um are okay with settling into marriage or something is like um they do like succeed in a way that like people who completely ignore that fail like um um like Wickham for instance but like yeah I think where Darcy and Lizzie like struggle so much is that like eh, they like half-ass it in a way that it's just like they're they're halfway there but they can't commit to like being like complete outcasts or like 
like not following yeah. these rules at all. But then there's other parts where they try really hard and are really bad at it, which I think it's specific with Darcy, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just really bad at like doing the right like formal social like speeches yeah, and whatnot. Yeah, for sure, you know? um, for sure. I kind of like, it's so interesting because like you can see someone and just from the outside, they just seem like cold and rude and like they have no feeling and they're like, you know, um, snotty or whatever. And you could just be totally, totally wrong about them and find out that they're actually like really kind. And they, the reason why, you know, the, the reason they do the things they do actually have, they have really good reasons for them. And mm-hmm. like, I just love that about it, that he kind of starts off as like awful. And then you find out that he has, that he's actually a big heart and that he's actually a good person. And that you really maybe can't know someone right off the bat from like one interaction yeah, and, and then uh, base your entire interactions after that off the first one, you know? Yeah, and um, I think, like, it's something that, like, happens all the time still, you know? Like, I, I hate when people say, oh, I didn't, I didn't like, uh, that person didn't say anything. They were acting really rude all night or whatever. It's like, what if someone just, yeah. like, doesn't socialize as much? Like, what if someone just doesn't, yeah. like, is, like, shyer or something like that? And it's like, some people really take that to be, like, oh, that person was rude to A me. Personal when... offense. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, for sure um so there's a scene where um judy dench is plays darcy's aunt and she's just like a really like i would say she is a like uppity person type of thing where like she thinks that because she has more money she is better than other people right and um she her daughter is has been betrothed to Darcy since birth. They've been like planning to like have their kids marry. And so she goes to um, Elizabeth and her family's house, like it seems like really early in the morning, like just like out of nowhere. And like everyone's like in their pajamas and she's like, I need to talk to Elizabeth right now. And it's just like, excuse me, <laughs> who are you? Like just like storm in and demand things. But so they have a conversation and basically she's like, has he proposed to you? Like, like he's married, he's like engaged to my daughter and like, I need to know yes or no if he's engaged to you or if like you're planning on being engaged or blah, blah, blah. And, Eliz- and like Elizabeth just like straight up will not answer any of her questions she's like, None of and like plays like business. a game of what? Yeah. It's like, it's <laughs> your business. she's like, she's like, well, you're saying it's impossible for me to be engaged to him. So how could I be? <laughs> And just like totally doesn't answer her and sasses her the whole time. It's amazing. And she's like, if you're saying it's impossible, then how could it be true? Yeah, that's so good. Has my nephew made you an offer of marriage? Your ladyship has declared it to be impossible. Let me be understood. Mr. Darcy is engaged to my daughter. Now what have you to say? Only this. If that is the case, you can have no reason to suppose he would make an offer to me. You selfish girl. And then like at the end, she's like, you you have insulted me in every possible way. So you must have nothing else to say. Like you have insulted me in every way. So you must, there's no more insults for you to make. So like it's time to go. Right. Yeah. All right. All and, right. You did your thing. And yeah. then, like she just brushes her <laughs> off her shoulder. Like, <laughs> I think that's like a really important scene. And like, really, it shows how like s- s- intelligent Elizabeth is and like how she can hold her own with anyone, even if it's like someone who's so much older and richer than her and like who's treating her like trash like she can hold her own 
Um, and I don't know, what do you think about that? Yeah, I loved that scene. I wanted to bring that up as well. Um, I just thought the conversation was like really fun to watch. Um, and it wasn't like you could see the situation where she comes in and tears Lizzie apart and then like and and then Lizzie has to figure out figure it out figure out the aftermath basically you know um yeah and I wasn't I was I wasn't sure if that's like the path it was going to take and I love that Lizzie's like no no you don't intimidate me like screw you um like <laughs> I, I'm not going to answer your questions and if you want me to I'm going to be like snotty about it um yeah and it was really good or then the yeah. that the woman's like what do you what do you mean you what she's like, <laughs> she's like, yeah. she's like no <laughs> Um, I love it. Like it's so clearly a woman who is used to always getting what she wants, mm-hmm. and Lizzie's like, "Nah, I'm not giving you what you want," and she like cannot handle it. Right, uh, and I also it's love great. that like he's like, "Well, Darcy's already engaged, didn't you know that?" And I, I don't remember the exact line, but like basically, she's like, "Well, technically, he's not engaged, but he's always been engaged." <laughs> like you know, <laughs> like the woman's just like like trying to figure out what she's like getting at as well. Yeah. <laughs> so funny um it's great which i think goes back to like if that is like i mean i think that's jane austen's character being like this lady is ridiculous like oh for sure for sure what did you think of that last scene um, uh when they're they, like, like sitting next to each other and there's they're well, saying like what, what should i call you no 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 well we'll talk about that because okay. that scene i think actually didn't work very well but um that's not in the book no oh. um but they like they end up talking and one of the lines that I love that he says is you have bewitched me body and soul that's like a very like famous line from the book too um and I wrote so romantic hard eyes emoji (laughs) yeah I thought thought it was a really romantic scene uh and they like meet each other out in the British the British countryside (laughs) If your feelings are still what they were last April, tell me so at once. My affections and wishes have not changed. But one word from you will silence me forever. If, however, your feelings have changed, I would have to tell you. You have bewitched me, body and soul, and I love, and love, and love you. I never wish to be parted from you from this day on. It was very romantic, I thought. Yeah, it was romantic. I thought, like, the, the chemistry worked, and I didn't feel like it was cheesy or anything. I was like, oh, that was, like, a really nice scene. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what about the scene where the dad... And, I was just about and, to say, yeah. <laughs> and they talking about, he's like, do you like him? I thought you hated him. <laughs> and she's like... I love him. Yeah, it's like and we're both so we're stubborn so alike. and yeah. Yeah. I really like that says, scene. He says I could not have parted with you, dear Lizzie, to anyone less worthy. <laughs> and I thought that was so cute. I cannot believe that anyone can deserve you. But it seems I am overruled. So I heartily give my consent. I could not have parted with you, my Lizzie, to anyone less worthy. That's that cute. Like makes me cry. It kind of reminded 
mean, I have a broken record here bringing up Little Women over and over again, but it did remind <laughs> me um, of the conversation between Joe and her mom, even though that's a much more real and like honestly depressing like conversation that Joe has there, but that like that camaraderie between mother and daughter or daughter and father in this. Um, Mm-hmm. some like parallels there uh the other thing i thought was kind of funny about that scene is like the, lizzie is co- so clearly her dad's fa- like favorite oh my daughter like, i'm like he I mean, doesn't dude. even hide it like, <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> no he's just like so open about it's it like, i don't really care sure. who everybody else get- marries but like you yeah. gotta marry the right guy <laughs> i actually prefer that they just all go away but you mm-hmm. oh god you gotta marry someone you love like <laughs> so funny yeah. but i really um, like that scene it's it's hard it's like he's such a good dad to her but like he is very uninvolved and like isn't a great dad to the other girls i feel like right that's he's a person and he's flawed you know like i feel like i feel like little women does try and show that but this this is really real it feels like yeah but (laughs) i love yeah i just love this story and i'm glad that you you watched it Did, did you watch it with cassie yeah yeah i did um, did she like it mm-hmm. yeah we both liked it um i told her that she has to call me uh mrs darcy from now on mrs darcy <laughs> mrs <laughs> yep mrs darcy mrs. Okay. Darcy. yeah <laughs> <laughs> that last scene was ridiculous how did that oh my god okay so that last scene is in the book and i think they just did it for the movie to be like oh people want to see them like after they're together and it was just like way too like cheesy i just don't think it works very well Mm -hmm. i i think you just didn't have to do like the like like kissing her all over her face and saying mrs darcy i think the stuff before that i'm cringing just thinking about it yeah before that worked uh and i feel like you know where and like hearing that that wasn't in the book does that make sense to you yeah it felt it, I mean, it's the cheesy. That that was cheesy, and yeah. not yeah. a lot of and, like, this movie is cheesy. Movie cheesy. Yeah. yeah, so like it just didn't work. I didn't think. Mm-hmm. It makes me. I mean, after finishing this movie, um, I've always heard like amazing things about the miniseries, BBC miniseries with Colin Firth. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know who I've else is in it. I've never seen that. But I keep hearing about it. I, I want to go. I kind of want to go and watch it and. I know. <laughs> read the book and watch all the other adaptations, because. <laughs> I'm just so interested in how people like uh, depict characters so much differently in each. Um, like I've got a feeling when you watch that miniseries or read the book, a lot of characters come off differently. Um, I, uh, right. I'd be, I thought the one thing is that like Wickham's character was super interesting as like a villain of sorts. And yeah, I didn't think he, they spent enough time really like, explaining him or fleshing him out in the in the movie and I, sure. i'm kind of curious if like they skipped over a little of that i um, think they did um yeah i think there's definitely more details in the book than there is in the movie uh, obviously that's usually how it is but yeah i don't i don't really care that much about that storyline so i didn't really mind it <laughs> or maybe it is just supposed to be like a side story but like uh um I'm, I I like the idea of a mini series that could focus in on each character a little more. Yeah, I totally could see that. Yeah, and that would be really fun. And also, like Jane Austen's writing specifically, I think is so good and like carries these characters and their stories so much that like, um, and I thought like uh, I thought the film itself was good. Um, but 
I think that if you've got a good actor with this with this script that follows the book really well, like you can really make some really awesome adaptations if that you know makes yeah. sense. And like I love Colin for totally. so I kinda wanna go watch that mini I know, yeah. <laughs> so dreamy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So we hope you enjoyed our episode about Alien and Pride and Prejudice, and we will see you next week. Thanks. Bye. To keep up with new episodes, subscribe to Avid Watchers wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Avid Watchers and like us on Facebook. Check out our magazine on aviditymag.com for more content. Avid Watchers is hosted, produced, and edited by Mary-Kate Cheetah and Adam Nix. Original music is by Logan Johnson.